As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everyday MBA, interviews with best-selling authors, innovative thought leaders, and top-shelf executives, all sharing their best techniques and tips that you don't learn in business school. I'm your host, Kevin Crane, and I'm so pleased that you're listening. And I'm so pleased to welcome Alexandra Watkins to the show. Alexandra is the chief executive of Eat My Words, a branding firm specializing in names that make people smile instead of scratch their heads. She's worked with many great brands that we know, like Amazon, Google, Frito-Lay, and Disney. And she's with us today to talk about her book, Hello, My Name is Awesome, How to Create Brand Names That Stick. And if you've ever struggled with the difficult issues of branding and brand names when it seems like all the great names are already taken, you don't want to miss my interview with Alexandra Watkins in just a moment. But first, a reminder, you can find me and keep in touch with the show at everyday-mba.com. Listen to the interview archive and check out the bookstore or subscribe. It's all there at everyday-mba.com. And would you like to be a guest on the show? Well, it could happen. Find out more at everyday-mba.com slash guest. Now, on to the interview. Alexandra Watkins, welcome to Everyday MBA. It seems like so many companies and products these days have names that look like the results of a drunken Scrabble game. You know, I run into that all the time in high tech, especially. Why do brands do that? And what is the downside? Well, I think a lot of people do it for the, well, in fact, I know why people do it. There's a really common misconception that you need to own the exact match domain name of your name. And there are none left. So what happens are pretty much any, any dictionary word is, is gone. So what happens is people try to get really creative and spell names really bad ways, um, not realizing all of the pitfalls. So uh, one I, I talk about a lot is a startup that was named Bot. Uh, and, you know, you hear the word bot and it could be spelled B-O-T, like a chat bot or bot like you bought the farm, which they eventually did. And they spelled their name B-A-W-T-E. So they were constantly having to explain it and, you know, tell people how to pronounce it, too, because it wasn't obvious when I do speaking engagements at all these business schools. I always ask the students, how do you pronounce this name? And half the class thinks that it's bate, not bot. Mm. So what happens is companies do that thinking that they're being clever 
and wanting to only spend $9.95 on a domain name on GoDaddy, which I get. And they end up having a domain name that, or a, a business name that they end up apologizing for. And anytime you apologize for your name, you're essentially devaluing your brand. So what's your recommendation? Certainly everyone struggles with getting a URL for their business or their brand. What are your strategies and tactics to get an available domain name? The easiest thing to do is just add a modifier. Unbeknownst to a lot of people, many companies have modifiers or start out with modifier words. I'll give you some examples. Um, For the first 13 years they were in business, Tesla was not at tesla.com. They were at teslamotors.com. Elon Musk paid $11 million to finally get that domain name. Nobody expects anyone to have an exact match domain name anymore. So that's strategy number one. And one way around it is not to do this. Don't put the dot in your name. So we were we were working with a client the other day that has the word genius as the second part of their name. I can't say the name yet, but I advise them don't spell your name, you know, blank genius, G E N I dot U S. Anytime you start adding the dots in, like you might remember delicious with all the dots, it makes people crazy and delicious Unbeknownst, again, to a lot of people, they quietly changed their name when no one was paying attention. They took out all the dots. Why? Because nobody could get the dots in the right place. And it it really is, it might be cute, it might be clever, but it's going to drive people crazy. So you want your name to be like a welcome mat, not something that frustrates customers. So another way to get around domain name pain is to create a clever phrase. There is a condo uh, high-rise in San Francisco called Lumina. They couldn't get the name Lumina. And I was walking down the street one day, and I saw their domain name on a sign. And it said, lifeatlumina.com. Wow. That domain name said so much about the prestige of living there. It did so much more for the brand than just Lumina.com. So having that exact match domain name is nice, but there's a lot more you can do when you add a couple words that aren't just a straight modifier, that you're actually creating a phrase. Um, another one that I absolutely love, and this is getting, this is like maybe stepping out of your comfort zone a little bit, but I highly encourage it. There is a peanut butter brand called Peanut Butter and Co. Their domain name is ilovepeanutbutter.com. Why is that great? Well, it's easier to remember. Uh, I came in contact with them at the Fancy Food Show, and there was no less than 14 peanut butter vendors there. I love peanut butter. I saw that banner with their domain name and fell in love. And when I came back from the Fancy Food Show and I was like, you know, out of the food coma fog. That's the name I remembered. And I went to 
ilovepeanutbutter.com, and I realized that Peanut Butter & Co. has the domain name peanutbutterandco.com, but it redirects to I Love Peanut Butter. Why? It's the name that people love. It's the one that they remember. Who, who wouldn't want to give out their email address? I would. Alexandra at ilovepeanutbutter.com. So the exercise of going through and deciding what URLs are available and aren't available and how it may or may not work can actually lead to even a more thoughtful approach to the brand name to begin with. And and you say getting the brand name right, your brand name right, can have a real magical effect. What are the characteristics of a great brand name that I should be looking for if I'm looking to brand my my organization? Well, just right off the top of the bat, your name should be easy. Just these are these are the givens. Like start here. Your name should be easy and intuitive for people to spell and pronounce. If you can have those two things, you're off to a great start. Don't don't make your name mysterious. People want to feel smart and like they get it, not that they're clueless or confused. Um, I have in my book, something called the Smile and Scratch Test. Smile is an acronym for the five qualities that make a name great. Scratch is an acronym for when to scratch it off the list. So some of those smile characteristics are it's suggestive. It should suggest something about your brand um, to make a positive brand experience it, and give that little hint that people need. It should be memorable. And for memorable names, they should be rooted in the familiar. An example of that is Leapfrog. We hear the name Leapfrog. We might not have ever heard of the name of the, the kids' toy company, Educational Toys. But as soon as you hear the name Leapfrog, it's easy for your brain to remember it because we're associating it with something we already know, the childhood game of Leapfrog, right? Right. Then um, imagery is the eye and smile. It really helps if your name has some imagery when people hear it. Again, making it more memorable by having it associated with a picture that we can lock in. So later, when you're trying to recall a name and you're searching for it in your brain's dusty filing cabinet, the names that we latched onto a picture are the ones we're going to remember more. And I can give you an example of this just by talking about people's names. Everyone has a story like this. My story is Wilma. Wilma was a masseuse I had. I knew her for all of 55 minutes. I have never forgotten her name. Why? It Just as soon as I heard it, I thought of Wilma Flintstone. And we all know people with those type of names. We've all met them. And we can all recall them, right? A helicopter pilot I met one time in New Zealand named Chopper. Uh, a woman named Daisy. A guy named Forrest. So those are the names we remember. And the same is true with brand names. You hear a name like Timberland. And you can imagine, you know, a lush green forest with a babbling brook and tweeting little birds. So those are the names that have imagery. So try to get a name with imagery. Um, legs is the L in smile, and that means that your name lends itself to wordplay for brand extensions. An example of this is my own company, Eat My Words. We have uh, our our uh, we have a package, a lot of packages, and you know the whole enchilada, the 
we have something called snack and signature dish and supermarket special. So that's where we're having fun with our name and it has legs. A great example of legs is there is a new 55 plus retirement community that was inspired by the songs of Jimmy Buffett. And he's part of this. They didn't just rip, <laughs> they didn't just rip him off, but they're called Latitude Margaritaville. And this name has legs. The street names in these retirement communities are all inspired by his laid-back lifestyle. So there are street names like Tiki Terrace, Flip Flop Court, Land Shark Boulevard, right? right. The pet spa is called the Barkeritaville Pet Spa. And the business center is called the Coconut Telegraph. That's a name with legs. And then finally... The E in smile stands for emotional. That means emotional connection. You want a name that resonates with people and doesn't go right over their head. Hi, this is Nicole Ertas, author of Free Range Brands, and you are listening to Everyday MBA with Kevin Crane. Do you want to be a guest on Everyday MBA? Well, it could happen. Join our alumni of best-selling authors and top chef executives in an interview of your own. Are you an author? A thought leader, an entrepreneur, or a consultant? Be a guest. Talk about your ideas, why they're important, and what your recommendations are for our listeners. Find out more at everyday-mba.com slash guest. That's everyday-mba.com slash guest. You're listening to Everyday MBA. Our guest today is Alexandra Watkins. Her book is Hello, My Name is Awesome, How to Create Brand Names That Stick. You can get your copy at the Everyday MBA Bookstore at everyday-mba.com slash bookstore. Alexandra, we talked about the characteristics of a great and a killer brand name using the SMILE acronym to guide our thought process. But what about brand names that we should scratch off the list? Tell us how that works. The very first thing, these are all deal breakers. So if you have any of these they're an issue. Don't say, oh, well, I only have one. Now, if you have any of these, trust me, you might not see it now, but your name will be problematic. So the first, the S and scratch stands for spelling challenge. If your name looks like a typo, scratch it off the list. If your name is a copycat and it resembles competitors' names, Scratch it off the list. You don't want your name to be confused with a competitor, or you don't want people to think you're unoriginal. And most importantly, you do not want to be sued for trademark infringement. The R in Scratch stands for restrictive. You don't want a name that limits future growth. Think about the name Amazon. What if Jeff Bezos had called it Book Barn? How limited would their growth be? So you don't want a name that you outgrow. So that's the R for restrictive. The A in scratch stands for annoying. Annoying names seem forced or they frustrate customers. Um, a classic one is a company whose name was spelled X-O-B-N-I. Um, impossible to pronounce. If I said the name Zobni, which is how it is pronounced, uh, most people wouldn't know how to spell it. Any guesses? It's inbox spelled backwards. Oh. 
Okay. Right. <laughs> so, so that's, that's annoying. Um, now, an example of a name that, that does work backwards is Harpo, which is the name of Oprah's production company, right? Because it's Oprah spelled backwards, and we can, it has the great imagery of Harpo Marx. So, and it's easy to spell. It's got everything going for it. Here's a really good tip to remember. Just because it's creative doesn't mean it's good. Um, next, the T in Scratch stands for tame. Tame names feel flat. They're descriptive. They're really uninspired. My favorite tame name combines two of the most boring words in the English language into one really tame name, and that is Network Solutions. Um, the C, second C in Scratch, stands for the curse of knowledge, and that's where your name speaks only to insiders. Uh, this often happens where people have an, a word that means something in a foreign language, or that's like some old phrase, like Yukonuba, which is a complete mouthful. It's a pet food name, and Yukonuba was an expression from, I believe, back in the 50s in the jazz era, and it meant cool. Um, and what does it say about dog food? or pet food, nothing. And finally, the H in scratch stands for hard to pronounce. And that's na a name that confuses and distances customers because they're going to struggle with it. So think of it that way. Your name should be like a welcome mat. You want people to feel like your name is approachable and they're not going to be trepidatious around it. No one wants to embarrass themselves. I think that that's kind of a good way to look at it. And don't think just because you know how to pronounce it, other people do too. We've been speaking with Alexandra Watkins. Her book is Hello, My Name is Awesome, How to Create Brand Names That Stick. Get your copy at the Everyday MBA Bookstore at everyday-mba.com slash bookstore. Now, Alexandra, we have reached the action item round of the show. I'm wondering if you could please provide us with three quick action items that our listeners can do to begin to take advantage of the ideas and advice in your book? One, come up with a creative title for yourself. Uh, there's, you know, people call themselves CEO, founder. Why not have something fun? Uh, we named a company, uh, we named a, a one-woman business. Lynette Hoy is a publicist. We named her business Fire Talker PR. She calls herself the Fire Chief. When the Make-A-Wish Foundation did a research, they participated in a study where they let the people that worked there change their titles. And the CEO changed her title to Fairy Godmother of Wishes. Isn't that nicer than CEO? So, uh, you know, my title, which changes every once in a while, um, currently I'm Chief Executive Boss Lady. I mean, I like to have fun, right? So come up with a name for your title for a title. Um, another thing, rename your wireless network and password. Why is your wireless network either the name of your company or some alphanumeric jumble that you just got by default when AT&T came and installed it? Come up with something that's more evocative of your brand. Um, in San Francisco, when Eat My Words was there, our wireless network was called Candyland. And our password for guests was always the name of a different piece of candy. So we've all been guests in an office 
where we've said, can I get on the internet? What's your network and password? And we've all struggled, right? Oh, can you write it down? Oh, can you enter it for me? I'm not getting it right. Wouldn't it be fun to say this is what it is and just delight people? People want to feel good. It's easy and free to make them smile. So try something there. And by the way, just really quickly, um, something that is another one of those fun, unexpected domain name workarounds is a turkey company called Greenberg Smoked Turkeys, and their domain name is gobblegobble.com. So that would be a fun, that would be a fun, that would be a fun, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. That, that would be a fun, I apologize, there's somebody outside my window, okay. <laughs> Gobblegobble.com would be a great example of a fun wireless network name or a password. And then finally, name your cafeteria. And hey, if your cafeteria is just your kitchen counter or your kitchen table, that's fine. Give it a fun name. Why not? So get a little inspired around your own workplace. Start there. And I think you'll see how much fun it is and how much personality you can add simply by changing a few words. Alexandra, it's been great speaking with you today. We're almost out of time, but before I let you go, one last question. You've given us some great advice here today, but what was the best piece of advice that you ever received, and how has it shaped who you are? The best piece of advice I ever received was only do what you love. And I don't mean this like a follow your passion and the money will come. No. What I mean is only do in your work what you really love to do. At Eat My Words, we just do names and taglines. We don't do logos. We don't do any type of research studies or, you know, big strategy work because we don't love that. We just do what we love, and that's why we want to come to work every day. And all of those other things can be given to people that only love to do those things. So that's my best advice. Just do what you love. That's Alexandra Watkins. Get her book, Hello, My Name is Awesome. Alexandra, thank you so much for being our guest today on Everyday MBA. Thank you, Kevin. That'll do it for this episode of Everyday NBA. And do you want to be a guest on the show? It could happen. Join our Knowledge Leadership Circle and be featured in an interview of your own. Be a guest. Just go to everyday-mba.com slash guest for more information. That's everyday-mba.com slash guest.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 